Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. The reason we say these things is because the Lord works with what we say. He is the apostle and high priest of our confession, and whatever we confess him to be to us, he's able to be to us. He manifests that in our life. So uh, we've saved you a seat again today. I want you to get your Bible, get something to make a note with, and come right on in here. And um, we're going to pray, release our faith, uh, so that we hear exactly the portion that we should hear today. The Lord knows what everybody's dealing with. He knows uh, the time, the season, and the exact answer. And so that's what we're going to ask for and believe to receive. It's not just faith school where we're talking about faith. We're actually releasing faith right now about what to get. How many knew, knew you needed faith for faith school? <laughs> so, Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together as touching this. We ask you for utterance for the anointing for your hand on us, for your grace, everyone, everywhere that is joining us. Quicken them, strengthen them. Thank you for feeding them and helping them and causing us all to know the next steps to take, the next places to come into, and for the help of your Spirit to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you would turn in the great textbook to Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews 10, and let's continue talking about by faith, by faith. Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. This is another way of saying through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. Not just get born again by faith, not just get an answer when it's an emergency by faith. We are to function by faith 24-7, all the time. We're supposed to open our eyes in the morning by faith. <laughs> We're supposed to get ready to go to work, to go to school, to do work at the house, whichever, by faith. And that's not just a religious uh, phrase. You, you can dread getting up and going to work. You can be frustrated. You can just have to make yourself do it all the while expecting problems and expecting it to just get worse every day. Well, then you're believing for something. But you're in fear, not faith. Fear expects something too, but it's expecting something bad. It's expecting something negative. And so we're to use our spiritual abilities for the good, for the positive, not for the bad. And instead, what I, what I mean, open your eyes in faith in the morning. You open your eyes. And with, I don't care who you are, where you live, what you're doing, there's always things that are not exactly like they should be. They're all, because it's the world we live in. 
There's always problems. There's always issues. Don't imagine that some people have this amazing life with no problems that you wish you could live. Everybody's got issues. It's just not everybody talks about them all the time as much as people that are in unbelief and, and fear. And you, you can choose to dwell on that or you can say, thank you, Father. You're with me today. You'll show me what to do and start off the day in prayer. Doesn't hurt to wake up an hour or two early before you have to get ready and go. Pray in the Spirit. Talk to the Lord about it. Tell Him you believe Him. Tell Him you trust Him. And if a, a problem comes across your mind, what are you going to do about that today? Lord, show me what to do about that today. And start praying in the Spirit. And just start praying. And, and er, can you see every one of these is faith. If you didn't have faith in God, you wouldn't pray to a God you don't believe is there. If you didn't believe He would hear and answer and give you some help, you wouldn't take the time to talk to Him about it. Can you see every one of these is faith, faith, faith. You are expecting. You have confidence. You are convinced. That's what He goes on to say. Uh, the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back my soul, I have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back to perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance or confidence of things hoped for or expected, the evidence or the conviction of things not seen. Living by faith is living life confidently, living life sure of what you believe. We, uh, th we live in a generation where there's so many people around us don't know what they believe. They, um, you hear people talking about, you know, well, you have to stay true to your truths and, and I have to hold to my truths. That is confusion and deception. Uh, truth is not relative. It's not your truth, my truth. And you'll see people that talk like that. They are not uh, committed to what they say is their truth. That is a pliable, <laughs> changeable thing. It's whatever suits the situation or their mood. No, truth is not relative. You've got the truth, and everything that doesn't agree with that is lies, right. untruth. And oh, thank God, the Lord Jesus said, Thy word is truth. And what will the truth do for you, class? The truth will make you free. Oh, praise God. The truth will make you free. Well, what, what will all that other stuff do for you? It, it'll confuse you and bind you and hinder you. Uh, we need to know and be convinced of what we believe, which is why we need to read the word, the truth. We need to hear the truth uh, explained and exposited, taught and preached anointed. We need to be immersed in it and hear it again and again and again so that when things come up, we're not in the process of deciding what we believe. We are already established in what we believe and then you're ready to deal with things. When you're that way, um, so much of the torment in life is because of indecision. You know, 
uh, not knowing which way to go, what to say, what to do, and the vacillation, the instability comes from this. But when you, before something ever happens, you know what you believe. It's not, you don't have the torment of trying to make the decision in the midst of the turmoil. You just take a stand on this. <laughs> and and you, you don't consider all the other stuff because you know if it disagrees with this, it can't be right. It gives you such clarity. It gives you such stability. Hallelujah. It's an anchor. This, this truth and this faith and this hope of expectation based on it, the scripture says, is an anchor to the soul. Amen. Praise God. And man, when the water gets rough and the storm comes, you need an anchor, right? You, you need, or elsewise, you're going to be blown all over the place, liable to be blown, dashed against the rocks. It's the same idea and concept of Jesus talking about uh, the man that built his house on the firm foundation of the rock versus the man uh, or woman that built on the sand. And he said, uh, uh, the rock was being a doer, doing what he said, what his word said. And if you do that, of course, you'd have to believe it uh, and then do it. If you do that, no matter how hard the rain pounds and the wind blows and lightning flashes, when it all passes by, you'll be standing there. <laughs> Praise God. With the answer, with the victory. But if you're unsure what you believe, your house is built on sand. And if you're not acting what he said, you won't stand. And that's why you see total collapses in lives and families and marriages and et cetera, et cetera. Thank God we do not have to be so insecure, so unsure. Even in this topsy-turvy world, we can be firm on the firm foundation. Hallelujah. Stable and strong. Somebody say standing. On a, sure on a sure foundation, the Word of God. The Word of God. Hallelujah. Does that make you happy? Yes. Makes me happy. Uh, we see in Hebrews 11, he gave the definition of faith. Then he gives living examples of faith. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. And now, by faith, Abraham. And we saw that every one of these, when it says by faith, this person, the next thing is an action. Some type of verb describing an action that is the result of their faith. We saw James telling us that faith with no action is dead, non-productive, gets no results. So living faith acts, has an action. By faith, Abraham, what was Abraham's actions? When he was called, so when he was called, that's where he got his faith to do the rest of the sentence. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed. We know his faith is demonstrated and shown in his obedience. But obedience to what? What did he obey? That's when he was called. When he was called, he heard something from the Lord, and that's how faith comes, right? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of the anointed one, the anointed living word of God. 
And we know, go ahead and turn back there and look at it again. In Genesis, the 12th chapter, we have a record of that call, of that word that brought Abram his faith. We have to watch about using faith terminology in such vague and general ways. Um, religious institutions have developed over the centuries that talk about faith and talk about belief in general terminology. We hold to these tenets of faith, etc., etc. But again, if there's no living action on these so-called beliefs, it's just a bunch of empty talk. It's dead. And um, when we say believe God, there should be the rest of the sentence. Believe God to do what? Based on what? We especially need to watch it these days, so-called word and faith people, of which I'm one. I'm right in the middle of the word and faith people. But that's why I'm talking about it. You'll hear people say, well, I'm believing God. I'm believing God. It has become a standard filler phrase. But oftentimes, since the Lord talked to me about it, uh, I hear it and I notice it more. When people say, I'm believing God, immediately I realize, I, I don't always say it, but I'm thinking, you're believing God to do what? Based on what? Uh, and then, of course, if they are saying, I'm, they did hear from him, I'm believing him to do this, that'll be followed by some kind of action. There, there's some kind of follow-up. And here we see how it happened with Abraham, who is the great, one of the greatest examples in, in the Word of God. The Lord had said, there's how the faith came. The Lord said to Abram, get you out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Leave mom and daddy. Leave uh, brother and sister and cousins and uncles and, and aunts. Leave your town. Leave your country. Now, everybody's, God's plan for every individual varies, but the principles are the same. And like we talked about on yesterday's class, why would God tell you to do that? Well, uh, He wants us to walk by faith, not by sight. One part of walking by sight is clinging to the familiar, to the comfortable. <laughs> Your flesh likes routine. <laughs> Why? Because it doesn't have to think about it. Why? I'm going to get up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to come back. I'm going to do that same thing I did for the last 15 years. You don't have to think about it. It's already planned. You just get up and do it. Yeah, but that doesn't require any faith. If you're just doing the routine that was set for you. And here, the Lord is breaking Abram completely out of his routine. Come on, can you see that? I mean, he's, he's plucked out. Not to say that his people were bad people. Now, I'm not saying that at all. I don't believe God is saying that. And I talked about yesterday about how that he gets you away from the influences you've grown up with. 
Now, anywhere else you go in the world, there are going to be other evil influences. It's not like, you know, oh, that was a bad place. I got to leave that place. Now, wherever you're going, there's going to be plenty of evil influences there also. But they will not be as familiar to you. Come on, can you see that? And you tend to recognize evil influences you didn't grow up with. But if you were, if you were born into it and grew up with it, you tend not to even recognize that it is a wrong influence. I know uh, I grew up good place, good family. You know, I'm so thankful for it. But when the Lord told Phyllis and I, leave. Leave your folks. Leave your, you know, your little possessions and your land and everything like that. And, and uh, after I got out of that environment and was into a completely different environment for a while, the Lord began to show me that the more men had a bunch of pride. And I thought, what? <laughs> I even talked to my dad about it later after a few years. He said, really? <laughs> of course, everybody has pride to deal with. Everybody. But being in the midst of it and everybody else is the same way, you see what I'm saying? You don't notice the influence. But when the Lord got me out of it and began to teach me what humility was and what pride was, I began to see, oh, man, a lot of that stuff, we banged on about being a man. <laughs> it's pride. And it's the nature of the enemy. And it's ugly to the Lord. I needed to get out of that for years to begin to see that. Come on, do you see what I'm talking about? So you begin to understand what's one of the reasons. There were more reasons than this, about a bunch of reasons. But one of them that the Lord told Abram, I want you out of here. Come on. This was the call. I'm calling you out of here into where I will show you. You know, his whole first covenant people, he called them out of Egypt, out of bondage out of all that idolatry worship and all that junk that was there. And he had a place he had picked out for him. Praise God. The promised land. The land that flows with milk and honey that God said, I have personally picked out and I have blessed. I cause it to be rained on in the right season. You won't have to irrigate it like you did over there in that desert land. This is typical for every one of us. God calls us out of bondage, out of restrictions, out of deception, out of confusion, out of a bunch of junk and tradition that's not Him. Huh? You got to watch about being so proud of your natural heritage because where did it come from? Who started it? Yeah, but we've been, you know, we've been holding these traditions for 800 years. Yeah, but who started it 800 years ago? Right? And what was their influence? Where did it come from? Just because it's been going on for 800 years doesn't mean it's right. If it was wrong 800 years ago, it's just old and wrong. <laughs> right? But still wrong. <laughs> so he said, get out of your country. Get away from your kinfolks, 
Go from your father's house, very specific. I mean, he wants you to cut ties. And go to a land that I will show you. And I'll make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I'll bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. The blessing is connected to the plan. Would he have experienced the same blessing if he had stayed home and not obeyed? He would not. He could not have. That wasn't God's plan. So many times folks talk about, you know, the blessing, the blessing, the blessing. I want the blessing. Give me the blessing. You don't have to try to get God to give you the blessing. What we need to do is obey. Can you see this? If you obey what he tells you to do and you're walking in the path that he's chosen for you, the path of the just, the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. Does that sound like a blessed path? It's a path full of light. It's a path full of blessing. And the path that God was calling Abraham to travel, the path of life, the plan he had for him. He said, you, you do that, and I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless them that bless you. It's, uh, it's all tied together. The plan of God intersects the blessing of God. If you're on the wrong path, you go through wrong places. <laughs> You experience, it's just like traveling on the road. If you get off the, the, the right road or direction and you get on the wrong road and you don't know where you're going, you may go through some bad places, right? You may go through some high crime places. You could have something happen that shouldn't have happened if you'd have been on the right road. You'd have never gone through there. Maybe you come, you're on the wrong road and you're going too fast. You hit a giant pothole. There's a tree across the road. You wreck. Tear up your car. Break your arm. Well, if you'd have been on the big bright road that God had intended for you to be on, you'd have never hit that pothole. You'd have never hit that tree. And yet, and this, this is kind of bugs me, as you can tell. Uh, you got a lot of people, they're over here on the wrong road, hit the pothole, tear out their axle, hit the tree, break their arm, and say, God, why did you do this to me? God, why, why did you, God's plan is so mysterious, but it's so hard. No, dummy, you're not even supposed to be over here. <laughs> no, this is not God's plan for your life. If you'd have been over here, no broken axle, no broken arm. Come on, can you see that? If you're in the wrong place, wrong things happen. If you're in the right place, good things happen, right? Not to say that you'll never have any challenges going God's path, but every challenge you encounter on the path he has for you, you'll have grace to overcome. He'll be with you. There's direction. You're not in disobedience. You're in obedience. And that's what we see is one of the big manifestations of Abraham's faith is that Hebrews said he obeyed. When God called him, he obeyed. Everybody say obeyed. 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 Obedience. The very word 
most of our generation finds unpleasant. Right? If you say, what you need to do is obey. They're like, obey? <laughs> obey? People find the word unpleasant. They find it, you know, objectionable. Tell me to obey. But that's exactly what faith is glad to do. Ready to do. And why would you obey when you don't know where you're going? Because you trust the one who told you to go. Come on, can you see that, friend? Why would you just pack up and go and leave everything you've known and don't even know exactly where you're going? Somebody say trust. Trust. Because you trust the one who told you to go. We have faith in him because he's faithful. We trust him because he's trustworthy. Right? We depend on him because he's dependable. (laughs) How many think that would preach? Man, that would. (laughs) Glory to God. Verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 17 when he departed. (laughs) Because that's about what age you need to be to leave everything, start on a big journey like that. No, he's how old? 75. Now, how many folks at 75? 75 is long enough to have, you know, almost a lifetime of experiences, associations. You built your business for the last 50 years, whatever in this area. 75. (laughs) And what are we doing? We're relocating. Where? Outside the country. Where? (laughs) 75. A lot of folks have said, no, I retired 10 years ago. I can't be packing up everything and moving out of the country. Friend, you never get too old to obey God. Huh? You're never too old to obey God. And we need to be willing and open to whatever He tells us. And how many knows if you're not 85, if you're 95, and He says, I want you to do this. And man, it just disrupts your life. How many understand if you're smart, you'll do it. Because he's got some big reasons why he's telling you, and it'll go better for you than you ever have, than it ever has. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, our time's already up again. Let's say it out loud. How do we live? We live by faith. We walk by faith. We overcome this world by faith. Somebody say, I'm strong in faith giving glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we'll see you next time in Faith School.